right, guys. Welcome to the Everything is Earned podcast. My name is Mike. I am Tim, that co-host. Yeah, and we're breaking down everything happening in the Cleveland sports world, as we always do. On uh, we always do on on everything. Yeah, on everything all across Cleveland. the board. Across the board, yeah, on all the socials in all the ways. Yeah, as much as we possibly can. First of all, I want to just before we get into too much about the episode today, I just want to talk about um about our social accounts for just a quick second. People are really triggered um, recently just because we post some memes and some things that just poke some fun at being Cleveland fans. Well, we talk, we've posted a lot about Flight Kitchens, and that is a hot topic and discussion right now because he's not done a great job. So you're doing a lot of controversy with peop- the people who want th- this half-stability and this habit coaching staff for more than one or two years. And then there's the other side... That says he's not right for the job. Stability matters, but if he's not the right guy, then he doesn't belong on this stable foundation of the Cleveland Browns. Stability is trash. I don't care about stability when it when it happens it to do with a, a bad a bad product. If you on, have a bad on. if you have a bad thing in place, being stable doesn't make it good. Like you have to understand. Like like you look get him draw a better comparison. Like. Stability for so something... Is, so is Baker Mayfield starting all 16 games this season uh, after the Bengals game? Is that not a good stability thing? That's a good thing, but like, did did Baker get better this year? Yes or no? He gained more experience, so I think that ultimately will make him better. But did he get better? You get better in your failures, so I'm going to say yes. You're going to say yes. Did yeah. you look at his stats? You're going to get better in your did failures. Did you see how many touchdowns he didn't have? Coaching matters. When we did the right coaching, we'll see that, that year two made a big difference. I'm, I'm gonna Having su- failure in sports, in anything, makes you better. If you are that type of player that can rise up from it. And is Baker Mayfield that player, Mike? Has, has he not walked on twice in the college programs and eventually turned into the number one overall pick? Okay, that's that's a, that's a good point. I don't disagree with you that, that Baker is a guy who overcomes adversity. What I will like say that is a little bit annoying about about this year is I'm trying to dig in and find some positive somewhere. And I like that you take Baker having some adversity as a positive. But he's had, he's had two head coaches now and he hasn't really experienced winning to the point where we'd like him to experience winning. And there's a group of people out there that think that Baker might not be the guy. Well we've seen we've seen flashes of him of of him being an excellent quarterback. We've also seen many, many flashes of him of him being tunnel vision, uh, staring down his, his primary option too much, not trusting his that could be a t- part of his offensive line and not trusting that. Um but it could be just he's not he's not reading the defense right or he's not seeing the gaps in the defense at a quick enough rate. As well. Okay, so going back to just the the consistency piece, I like consistency at my quarterback position. I'm not arguing that. I am not a fan of of consistency in in the power positions like coaching or even like another position like like linebacker when it's not up to par. And people are gonna get mad about this, but I'm not upset about Joe Schobert not getting not gonna be resigned by the Browns. I, I'm not upset about it. He doesn't. He doesn't fit the scheme, and to me, you don't you can't get confused with production uh, and value, production value, and and like and, and and like overall scheme fit. Like 
Like Schobert's a good linebacker, but he's not going to warrant the you know the, the the contract he's 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 going to have to get paid now. Right. Yeah. You don't want to overpay for a player. Look what the Jets did. They overpaid for C.J. Mosley. Has C.J. Mosley lived up the contract? Have you heard from him? No. Did did um did uh what's his face um who is the guy the Browns give all that money to? Uh, Jamie Collins. Did he live up the contract when he was with Cleveland? Nope. No. Um. I mean, have we had a defensive player that the Browns paid that actually lived up to the money? And you can remember in can the last ten years. Dante Whitner. You can think. You can think we signing. Mayor Paul Jackson. Kruger. Mayor Paul Kruger. Paul Kruger. Joe Schobert is Paul Kruger. That's who he is. On the flip side of things, Paul Kruger was a was a a pass rushing linebacker. Joe Schobert's more of 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 like that like um, that secondary linebacker that kind of helps off and and gets the tackles and and does all the little in between stuff. I he's think the, I agree with you. He's not elite, an elite linebacker who's going to require the money, or yeah, requires the money that he's going to get. You need to, to and as John sure. Dorsey, you have to you have to pick and choose what who you're going to pay and who you're going you're going to replace in the draft because contracts and, and money is going to come into to to in effect here um, down one two two and a half years down the road here. Um, when Nick Chubb, Baker Mayfield, Denzel Ward, Miles Garrett's contract starts expiring. So he's going to have to decide wh- whether who he's going to resign and who he's going to let go. I think, I think you're right. I think Joe Schobert, with what he's brought to this team and within that scheme that he doesn't fit, we talked about it, that 425 doesn't fit his skill set. It just doesn't add up. What about like with... With um with the linebacking core, what if I told you the 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 Browns could go pick up like a guy like Ryan Kerrigan next season? Would you take Kerrigan over Schobert? For cheaper money, yeah. Yeah, I think I think a guy like that is actually really helpful. Um, I think what you what you make a very good very good point about the window and spending your money wisely. The Browns have a ton of cap space, but this is where you kind of you kind of round out the pieces and you take this year. And one positive I will say with it is you take this year and you say, okay, we had all these great pieces in place, but what did we still lack to help us get to the to the, the next level? Coaching, offensive line play, and and I would say I would say a, a, a better linebacking core. This goes back to what you were talking about earlier with that you're fine with turning over the coaching staff because. You don't want to be turning over your your, your franchise players and or ruining them like Baker Mayfield. You've seen time and time again where you dra- it looks like you drafted good quarterbacks and then you ha- didn't develop them and you ruined them by not surrounding them with the right players. Players is fine, but you cannot also ruin your. This is I think this is I think we're experiencing this it's experiencing this differently because we're, mo- we're so used to. It's been uh, the the coaching staff and the players ruining those foundational franchise players. So now we're trying to decide: is it just is it the players around them still, or is it just the coaching staff? Have we improved that it's just it's just the coach? Uh, it's it's no longer the players' problem and the team and and playing playing to your personnel um, is the issue. And I think that's what it is here. You need to. You're basically doing trial and error with with coaches and trying to find the right fit. I'd rather be flopping coaches rather than trying to redraft quarterbacks and your franchise players all over again. 
I would say that you're partly correct there because you look at the room of talent and you say this team is talented enough to go to the playoffs. Um, you have enough in the room. There's something missing. There's some leadership missing. There's there's quality coaching adjustments and there's quality game planning adjustments that just aren't happening. When you have a roster as stacked as the Browns did with superstar players, I mean, given you had some injuries and every team deals with injuries, but look at that offense. You should have been scoring 30 points a game this year. And you know you, 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 too don't, you don't get that, that anywhere near if that you, far. If you if you have Mike Hitchens and Todd Monken evaluating your offense, your offense, your offensive line, the talent you acquired, um, they just made it too difficult. You you cannot utilize, or can't you cannot do run a a full vertical offense with the offensive line that we had. We literally just traded away a pro bowler on a white on a white on a on a white side. And now we're trying to we're trying to have Baker in the pocket longer. No, this one drag routes, one slants, and and this do level combinations. It's really not difficult. And Freddie, he tried to Freddie and Todd Monte. I don't know which one of them did, but but look at look at Nick Chubb. He's he's leading the NFL in rushing. So something is going right on the that offense. That might be. But but what? But how were you unable to scheme in? and get the ball to your dominant wide receivers. I mean, Jarvis is going to have over 1,000 yards. He has over 1,000 yards. Odell's probably going to have over 1,000 yards. It just, you, you're looking at it and you go, how the heck did the Browns end up with the NFL's leading rusher and a losing record? And I think, it, like you said, it has come down to coaching because you have these these weapons and you never seem to use them um, to their fullest ability. And, and what bothered me the most about this season is that all the little trick plays that we loved so much last year didn't work this year, and they felt out of place, and they felt gimmicky. What you have to do, I think, for an offense, I think you have to establish some some more core pieces. Like, where did the RPO game go for, for like, Baker? Where did play action? It's gone. Where did play action go? Exactly. One of the most- when you have the best running game in the NFL, play action should be one of your main weapons. You should be giving Baker... Uh, that rollout, the ability to scan the open field and, and, and take a look and, 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 and open the defense up. Play action should be your, your second piece right behind the run. And we just didn't see enough play action this year. I really want to actually look at the, some of the stats and see how much play action was run this well, year. Probably one of the, because the it, bottom it, it, it's criminal the, how much we didn't run. Probably in the bottom half of the league on, on number of play action plays uh, during the season. But I it, it's it's mind-boggling to me. How how predictable uh, Freddie's offense was this year, and like you said, you have the, the leading rusher in the NFL, and and you can't you can't figure out how did your offense go, or your your passing game going. That's mind boggling. If you have a great like, if you have a great passing game, it should be able to open up draw plays and and and, and like um. Like um, off tackle runs and stuff, and it and it's some chunk plays. We did first down here, or you picked up six or seven yards here because people, uh, the defense is so drawn to your offense uh, or your passing game, and vice versa. And like I said, you have that super strong running game with Nick Chubb tearing it up, breaking tackles left and right as one of the highest weights in the NFL. And you can't seem to get Jarvis, OBJ, and when when Joku is healthy. The ball and and keep the chains moving. 
Yeah, it, it, it just, it, it's it's kind of mind-boggling because you thought this was going to be an explosive offense. You thought they were going to bring some real heat as far as uh, you know what you'd see on, on, a, on a weekly basis. Uh, and it just, it just never came around. So let's you flip thought, it. Let, okay, go ahead, Gordon. Finish your thought. You just you thought you wouldn't lose on a cheap. That's this is the this is Freddie Titchens' main pull to be uh, the twenty uh, twenty nineteen head coach was okay. You know, bring over the steam at the the back half of the season, and you're just gonna add layers to it. You're gonna add OBJ to it, and just keep the same thing going and moving, mm-hmm. and then and for, and then just decide to scrap it. Because you know when things when you have success, that's when I kind of want to tweet things and completely overhaul um, my steam. You know, yeah, I, it, it it was odd that he changed so much the offense. Maybe that's because they brought in um, Munkin. Um, but it just it just seems very odd how it all transpired. It seems like they didn't quite um, it didn't quite ever have. A game plan. There wasn't really quite an identity. Why? To what why we would? Why would? Uh, Bunny and Martin make it more predictable, though. He had one of the highest, uh, uh, like the most efficient offenses in in Tampa he Bay had, the he year had before. Tampa, though, but like when you was Tampa any you're, scaring anybody though? Really? When you're flip flopping between between Fitzpatrick and and Win- and and James Winston the, like the entire season, and he still had consistency throwing mm. the ball. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like I feel like the thing that annoyed me most about Freddie is that he's he's pretending he was the smartest guy in the room, and like he never really like let up. You that. can almost make a parallel with that with the formal regime trying to play Moneyball with the draft bets. I don't know. It, it it was very it was a very odd season in the way Freddie ran the team, and there was just way more drama than it needed to be for for a roster with such so much talent. I think besides the drama, which is you could you could have put it did pretty well, pretty easily, um, just it was an odd season in in none of the ways we thought it was going to be, and that's what I think was, is the, the most frustrating part. I just I, I'm I'm annoyed that I had to wait another year to to see what the Browns can realize if they can realize their talent. Now flip it to something a little better. Let's talk about um, what 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 you're enjoying right now about Cleveland sports. I know the Browns are frustrating. What are you liking about Cleveland sports right now? I that, like that you're really intrigued about. Well, I'm gonna start out by by prices. Uh, ticket prices are nice. Ticket prices are nice. So if you enjoy seeing games and enjoy the atmosphere and and uh, the crowd and this um, the entirety of the the sporting event, mm-hmm. then you can get downtown. You can enjoy the the things that are going around, you can do hop and hide and stuff for happy hour during the weekdays and, and post up at bars and stuff and, and kinda have spend the night there for, for pretty cheap with some some friends and and the, that's always a good time. The cost to catch a game, not not very expensive not right bad. now. I enjoy that. Um let me ask Plus you. Plus there's still potential on, on all fronts. So sometimes you catch a good game, sometimes you're you're stuck with a, a dud. I can hear you there. I can understand that. Let me ask you this: What are like what's a what's a good sports memory that you have down in Cleveland? You know, you don't have to go so generic as to like you know one of the big, um, you know the like the championship run or anything like that with the Cavs. But what's a what's like a good you know a good a good Cleveland sports memory that you have just from being down in a game? I'd have to say, what was that game six we were at um, in twenty sixteen in the in the finals run? Mm-hmm. Uh, Golden State was Cavs, um, and you had LeBron James and Kyrie Irving just going back and forth. Whoever basically uh, like grabbed uh, got inbounded the ball, that's who was going to score that possession. 
I I love that one, and I the I, atmosphere was was probably the most insane that I, I've ever experienced. The loudest in, in at a sporting event. It was insanely loud. I I, I felt like everyone was standing up the entire time, and it was it was it was it was, it was extremely loud at uh, constantly. It was every bucket, man. Every bucket, everyone was waiting. That on. game is what I want every game to be. People like people are so. Uh, we talked about, um, like uh, watching players individually and in possessions and stuff. Uh, some of a, a past podcast episodes, and we talked about how LeBron James is uh, fans just dra- gravitate to him, and they do that without even knowing it. Without this paying attention, is watching him at his entire senior possession, mm-hmm. and I think that uh, that arena that game was doing that on every possession. With uh, from a pure basketball standpoint, from a fan, I, I, I that was the most fun. I I agree there. I think that everyone was paying so close attention to the game, and like no one was like on their phone. No one was like having side conversations. Everyone was so focused on what was happening and was so in the buzz of the run that we like that everything was it, it, it was all heightened too because we're on the brink of elimination. So you 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 go on a bad run, you don't have a, a you know a, a make or a miss, and you know and then the game's on the line. And you hear it, you hear the anxiety, you hear the angst in the fans too. Do you remember when Curry chucked his mouthpiece? We like, were doing crazy. Curry chucked his mouthpiece, and I like at a I fan. Lost, I lost my and mind. And we were we we were all losing, and we were all trying to jump out of the seats and, and fight him or something. That's that's what the that's what the vibe felt in the arena at that time. Everyone was like was like livid. I saw the foul coming a million miles away. Like like Curry was was like upset, destined was... to foul LeBron that play. And it, I, I could see it coming. Yeah, well, yeah, switch, and, and, he's and he him thought down. he was gonna get away with it because he's a superstar. And they, they they caught him on it. They called him on it. They blew the whistle appropriately. And uh, yeah, because and he had game fifth, yeah, his fifth foul. Mm-hmm. He was playing, oh, okay. The West they totally put, they put him in there. Choked on the whistles. Here oh yeah, and, and let it play out. He and, left and him in there. Kerr left him in there, and, and, and you know to his detriment, and came back to bite him. Came back to bite him. Absolutely, that was a fun game. I, I'll give you a lot of props tonight. That Cleveland. That's how game. I enjoy sports. I'm locked in. I'm paying attention on both sides, and I'm reacting. Uh, I, I mean, even with this, these tabs, I said it's a lot of fun. Like you hit, you hit some hit, hit some misses depending on the game, depending on your opponent. But there's a lot of fun fun moments this season, and that's just how I enjoy sports. Um, so it was awesome to see like the entire arena experience that in the same way I did. Yeah, that that, that is a, a really good moment. I I like that one a lot too. I'll tell you what I'm I'm like excited about and what I'm um kind of involved in and and um paying close attention to. Is I'm I'm kind of in basketball mode now. I mean, the football season's kind of winding down. It was kind of a weird, odd season. Um, not a lot of joyful moments. So I'm I'm going towards the basketball side. I'm starting to sink my teeth into the Cavs and into what's happening around the NBA. And I gotta say, there's some really enjoyable basketball out there. And I just love the like the action you get from basketball as opposed to some of the you get in football. Not to say football is like uh, you know there's there's one sport better than the other. But I enjoy, um, you know, some sometimes you you lose a game like the Cavs did today against the Celtics. I know, you know, we're gonna have an, uh, uh, the Timberwolves thing tomorrow even, and we're gonna jump and watch the Timberwolves, and that that team's not that great. And we'll see some we'll see some really good plays. That's supposed and, to be good. You know, yeah, they're not good. They've they've won they've won like 
four games in their last like twenty. Cat, uh, Charles and Towns mm-hmm. is like the the Western Conference Joel Embiid. Like he can be dominant, but he rarely is. Like he most of the time he's a he's a pretty good player. Like he's a foundational player. He stands out on the court, but he doesn't dominate. I mean, every once in a while he drop like forty. Like all right, all right, Charles and Towns. Like okay. He's like, that's a player right that you that you should be like every day, and that's a big difference between great players and 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 just solid good players. And that's the Paul Millsap of players, pretty much. Like if he was like, uh, but eh, but he's just he he's basically what I what I said. Carl Anthony Towns is he shows up every day and does and does what he's solid at every day, and that's what Carl Anthony Towns doesn't do at an All Star level level yet. Um. Yeah, I, I can agree. With you. I can agree with you on that. I think, I think, I think the Timberwolves are like, like our favorite NBA disappointment right now. I think they're really funny to watch because they they have the talent. They just they, they underperform continually, which it's is kind funny. of like it's Atlanta, like the Cowboys. Kind of like, like, like the, the Atlanta Hawks. Um, was another team that didn't. I was. Oh, Trey just turned his ankle tonight. He did. It was um, not pretty looking. It was kind of like the Phoenix Suns of last year. Like they have the talent, but there's no coaching to put it together. Uh, I think that's what this year Atlanta Hawks are. I think that's probably where the Timberwolves are. Don't they have Thibodeau? Tom Thibodeau? I have no idea who the head coach is. Actually, I mean, I want to say it's Thibodeau. Is it Thibodeau? Because because that's when yeah, Derrick Rose was there, and he tried to get a contract, and he ended up in in Detroit with the Pistons. So that's like why it's it started up over. I think I've I never, think it was Minis- I've never I, yeah. liked Thibodeau. Um, Derrick Rose dropped fifty last year with Minnesota. Yep, Thibodeau. I remember. That's why you had Jimmy Butler there too, and they're like, "Oh, it's gonna work." You bring and that's they had Todd Dibson. It was basically the Minnesota Bulls. Remember? Yeah, okay. that was a, that was a yeah. mess. That was an absolute mess. Yep. Um, Thibodeau, Thibodeau. Um, <laughs> Tom Thibodeau, man, what a weirdo. What are, what are, Let's wrap this up. We have one more question, one more, one more. Oh yeah, segment. what did you what did you learn in 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 uh, in twenty nineteen as a sports fan or a Cleveland fan? Are we doing it by 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 team? No, you could just do it like, as overall uh, overarching thing. Like, what I'm, do you think I'm you do learned in, I'm do in team. Cleveland sports? Uh, with the Browns, I learned to 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 kind of balance and restrain. I restrain my optimism, especially with first year coaches. Um, and, yeah, both your coaches. And then, um, I learned that not having the greatest player of all time will make your, your basketball player, your basketball team worse. That's true. That is um, true. and I well, learned that, uh, the Dolans, um, continue to be one of the worst owners in baseball or in, uh, professional sports. You take your pick. Those are all good things that you that you've learned this year, and I appreciate that. And I've learned I've also I still I still like Cleveland sports regardless of of all the disappointment. I've learned this year, particularly that um, I can I can find optimism even when things aren't very optimistic. But like I will look for for points to be interested in and to to give me reasons to watch. I know that it's really easy to say no, I'm not going to watch. No, I don't really care. No, um, uh, just the same old Browns. You know, you know, Cavs aren't any good without LeBron. You know, the Indians. You know, they don't have enough talent to to go anywhere. They're they're a small market team. But I find reasons to watch, and I, I continue to do that. And 
maybe it's because sports to me is just is just so important to me or maybe I just find so much joy in watching sports that I'm able to do that like kind of season in season out but I always have a reason to kind of turn the television on you know to to head to a game when I have the opportunity I just have I have this um you know just desire to 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 support my teams and and to want to see my my city win I I can agree with you that with that I I think it's very enjoyable to see um and and kind of keep keep track of you know, like your teams and individual players like uh, progressions throughout the year and and kind of dissecting and seeing if you can kind of like like get an idea of where the team's going and and what the team needs or lacks and and it, kind of predicting that I think to me a lot of fun um and I think that's what draws a lot of a lot of fans in is. Is is like wanting that that like discussion and that community of like of debate uh, within within a a, a sports atmosphere. That's what, that's what I like about podcasts, man. Like honestly, we jump on the podcast. I, I like having these discussions about Cleveland sports, about things that are going on, because I'm so passionate about the Cleveland sports that that are like happening season in season out, and I feel like you could you walk up to me anywhere and ask about. Uh, about a, a certain player or, or, or one of the teams, and when I, I talk I, about I'm it for 15 down minutes. to have a conversation and that turned from a five minute conversation into a thirty minute conversation. Oh, what bums me bit. out the most though is when I go to have a conversation with someone who wants to talk about sports and they cut me off after like a less than a minute. I'm like, I have so much more to say. I have all these opinions I want to tell you. I want to hear what your opinions are. Then I want to debate them. I want to get into it about what we think that like our team's gonna look like. We need we need to Photoshop. Um, the talent that Talon Coward commercial where he he's talking sports to that poor um um was that the uh, that uh, dry cleaners mm-hmm. and where he's he's going topics. Mike is Mike is the 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 Cleveland um uh what am I doing at um the Cleveland Coward Coward of of this within within the public realm. What are you talking? Not saying rile people. No no, up. no 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 no. I'm saying I'm saying. There's there's no there's no filter like like and, and there's no there's no place that you want to have a discussion with. Oh there's yeah, like, there's, I'm, I'm, there's I'm no boundaries. Like you you could be you could be like in the in the men's room just peeing you know, and someone someone yells something about funny kitchens or something and then might just go off on a tangent. You wash his hands and then they did into it. You know, I'm just like I, I just tilt over. I'm like he's not that good. <laughs> like 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 he's, he's too predictable. <laughs> his play call was better last year. I'm ready to have to sit like like stop and have a discussion with anyone who's trying to have a discussion with me. I want to so, talk about it and I want to gauge how smart you are about your Cleveland sports. With that being said, if you see if you see Mike in public, feel free to go up to him and and bomb him with opinions. And and Cleveland sports discussions. Uh, if you don't know, he looks like uh, Mike Clevenger, and he's six foot six. Yeah, I'm, I'm up so here. So he's not hard to people miss. Cleveland sports, man. That's what we do. I um, I have to say that. What do you what do you what are you motioning over here? Uh, Timmy doesn't have a Timmy, Timmy doesn't have any other any good signals for me. I don't have any hand motion. Oh man. I just want to say that when it comes down to Cleveland sports, I um, I'm thoroughly involved mm-hmm. and I find enjoyment um, in 
any of the sports that 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 are that are going on or that that were that are in season, and, and I'm always happy to talk about it because it gives me this extra energy talking about Cleveland sports. I think like, some of the most fun I have is knowing that I'm so damn white about something, <laughs> and then for it to come true. That is one of my favorite things on this earth. Do you remember? Do you remember the the this one last thing? Do you remember during during the Cavs title run? I just remember like every day I woke up and I had like I had the ability to have a full fledged discussion about the next game and about like whose minutes or oh, what the biggest thing or what the matchup is and how how, how vital will Richard Jefferson your be? Casual fans were locked in. Can we can we can we figure out how to like slow down? Um, like, you know, like, like Steph Curry, can we figure out like, you know, what, what, what the secret is to beating Golden State? And you get and, like, to enjoy it more when you're, you're more invested and you're more knowledgeable, uh, of the players, of the game. I, I, I just been, I just feel like, um, like that was the height of it. And I thought that we were on the brink of it again with the Browns this year. And the Indians. And we just have to wait another year. And the, the Indians. To, that, uh, on 2016, that same year. To ramp up. Yeah, I mean the Indians were we were deep in it with the Indians too. I I was putting all my marbles in the Indians run. And that that championship runs can propel fans or just ordinary fans to extend their like focused fandom like several months or maybe even up to a year or a couple of years. Or maybe it changes their entire outlook uh, on on like the way that they they pay attention to sports and how much they care about uh, Cleveland sports. I'm just telling you man like like the, the Cavs are still riding the wave off the championship. There's still there's still fans that you know came out of you know out of nothing. From, Although from, everywhere there's, I think there's. A I lot see of, so much I championship think a, gear like on a regular basis. I think there's a lot of, of Cavs fans, uh, like Cavs, uh, Cavs Badgers. That are like they're like, like the kind of hide, hiding in the bushes. They're, yeah, they're everywhere. I think um, I think a big one is um, uh, um, is uh, I think so a Brazil? lot of countries in like Asia, Brazil's big and, and South America, big South America. There's a huge fan base, Cavs fan base in South America. I'm 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 tell you, I'm ready for the Cavs to show some promise again because I I know there's a, a big group of Cavs fans out there that are just kind of lying just in waiting, the bushes, waiting for just the, hanging the out, to waiting for Kevin Porter Jr. to be good and uh, and to and to take over. I think and, we. Uh, I think I've seen uh, a little, little bit, uh, a little, little bit of hike in the, the, the Cavs fan over the last couple of weeks. Oh, yeah. I, 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 I like to. I like to see it. I'm, I'm ready for basketball. So, all right, guys. Well, we're gonna wrap up this this episode. Uh, I hope everyone had a wonderful holiday and um, got to have all the fun sports discussions that were not about the Browns not being good. Um, but I hope you guys all enjoyed time with your family and friends. And I hope you guys have an awesome new year. Yeah, be safe. Um, Make smart choices. Yeah, don't drink and drive. It's always a bad thing. Um, you you will get you will get busted, and uh, like and, and you got Uber out there. Don't yeah, Uber and Lyft and all the ride sharing things. Don't be an idiot. Just just go out and and, and, and bug yeah. your buddies to drive you if they haven't drank. Or just or, or stay use over. your phone or stay over. Just the, your the, your your best friend's couch is now your couch. Congratulations! It is it is now your best friend. You, you yeah, your that that's now your your own couch. You 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 found a couch. Um. My name's Mike, and and this is Tim over here, and he's not to speak for himself. No, nope. I'll, I'll try. I want to try again. No, no. Okay, I'm Mike, and we are everything Cleveland. As always, everything here is earned. Everything in Cleveland is earned, and we appreciate you guys. Uh, have a wonderful uh, holiday, and we'll talk to you guys very soon. Peace out, guys. <laughs> <laughs>